this morning we're in for a treat. We get to uh, have another guest speaker. Uh, we're going to invite Ben Costamos to come up. He's going to be speaking to us uh, this morning. Uh, ben is leading with United, uh, United Outreach, and he's going to tell you all about that. But uh, again, ACOP uh, is, um, I think, honored, uh, delighted to have Ben serving in this way. So thank you so much for being here, Ben. And uh, let me just uh, bless Ben in prayer as we get started. Uh, Lord Jesus, we just want to, again, uh, hear from you and what you're doing uh, in your kingdom and uh, what you want to do in and through us. Uh, so we just uh, we open our hearts and hands, our, our minds to you. Would you speak? In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, Ben. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here today. It's a real privilege and honor to be here. We've been blessed um, to be able to partner with your church for many years. Um, we've had Street Invaders. I believe you guys have hosted them here. I was once a missions director. This was probably about 11 years ago. And we had a team here. I know Street Invaders has come and gone other times. You guys have hosted praise parties, which has been such a blessing to, to us. We're also really thankful for how you guys have given, and that's... That's a real blessing. So thank you guys. I, I just want to challenge you guys today, just in this whole area. I really appreciated what your next-gen um, pastor was speaking about, the, the kids who've come to know Jesus, because our heart is to see the youth of this nation come to know Jesus. And there's about 4 million youth in Canada. There may be even more. depends on how you register that age category. And there's so many barriers to the gospel. But what I know and what I've experienced in my life is that the gospel still works. I don't think it's ever going to stop working. I think Jesus said something about that. But the gospel needs to be preached to every nation, and then the end will come. And there is such a work that needs to be done with the young people in our nation. And so I'm going to ask you today, and I'm going to challenge you to join with us in our vision so that we can see the youth of this nation reached for, for God. And we can't do that on our own. Absolutely not. There are so many people out there who have a heart for the youth. And so our passion at United is to partner with those groups and bring what we have to the table and ask them to partner with us as we do that. And just seeing a church like this that's reaching, what was it, more than 100 kids and uh, having something like 40 kids who gave their hearts to Jesus, that's incredible. That's amazing. What a great job you guys are doing. Thank you. Uh, um, I just want to challenge you today on a couple things. One, each one of us has something to offer when it comes to the gospel. How many here have ever seen an answer to prayer? Just put up your hands. You can put them up quietly. You've seen an answer to prayer. Okay, so if you know that God answers prayer, then you already have something to start with in sharing the gospel. Because when you tell people that God has answered prayer, you are giving testimony to what Jesus has done in his work here. All right. Who else here has ever seen God do a miracle or God provide for you or your family? Okay. Anyone had supernatural protection in your life? Saved from an accident? Something like that? Anyone been healed? Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of testimonies here. Anyone had a powerful transformation? Okay, you don't have to put up your hand on this one, but maybe some of you guys want to. Maybe you've been saved from addiction or you were in the world just completely without God and then God came and got a hold of your life. Wow, okay. 
And my story is I grew up in the church. I was a church brat. So I grew up in an ACOP church in Prince George, similar in size, sanctuary to this. I remember when they laid the carpet and put in the pews. I was a kid. My dad and mom were involved as elders. And I remember jumping over the pews. And, you know, I was a church brat. And, you know, they'd have elders meetings and, and church leaders meetings. And the church kids would come. This was back in the late 70s, early 80s. And uh, we'd run around in the church and do stuff. And you know what? Sometimes church brats do things that they shouldn't do. Maybe they, there's a little bit of sin they get into. You know what? And sometimes the world has this perspective that church brats have nothing to offer. But you know, as I grew up under the teaching of the word and had powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit, God was at work transforming me. And he gave me an outlook to see a world outside of my own. And God uses that, and God will use that in all of us. So first of all, I just want to take a few minutes to talk to you about United. So we have a vision to reach um, every youth in Canada with the gospel. And our main way of doing that is actually through empowering missional leaders. So we have a number of teams that are part of our, our group, and we've seen these guys become powerful in reaching others for the gospel, not because of their skill or their organization. Those are all important things. But they become powerful because of what the Holy Spirit does in them. And so we want to continue inviting other ministries to come and join us. And uh, we sort of set the platform for them so they don't have to get all tied up with all the governance and they don't have to get tied up with all of the um, charitable stuff. We take care of most of that, and we get them focused on reaching youth and preaching the gospel. So we love working with youth and leaders to help them start um, in that journey, and we release them into ministry. What we found is that as we um, engage youth in discipleship, this is key to developing successful leadership. We have a strength in leadership recognition and empowerment, and so this is helping to provide opportunities for leaders to see their God-given dreams realized. And we're like an umbrella. So ministries that come underneath us, we're kind of giving them the covering that they need. And often we're like a greenhouse because we've had ministries that have come up and they've been nurtured, they've grown. And then as they've gotten to a point where they're like, hey, there's more that we want to do that goes beyond the scope of what, what the focus with United is. We've seen these ministries released, and that's a real success for us to be able to raise up ministries and see them go. So, for example, we had a ministry that uh, was reaching people who were caught up in sex trafficking. And so we really worked with them in areas of some of their um, organization and planning and structure with their leaders. And we were able to successfully broker a merge with them and another ministry like them. And then after they had gotten that settled, they were able to move on to a ministry that is doing that and can cover them better. Our expertise is not in sex trafficking, it's in the gospel. And so they were able to move on, which is awesome. And they, we, we bless that ministry and they continue to bless us. We invite ministries to come and people to come with their vision for the lost and then we just help them get started. So like I had said, we do things like board governance, charitable status, financial and office admin, leadership training, strategic initiatives and operation training. We communicate with the government, insurance, websites, and all that sort of thing. So when ministries come in, they don't have to get so focused on those things, they can continue to focus on the lost. We help ministries also by consulting. So if a church 
or ministry wants to, to get something going with youth or with evangelism, we work with them on those things. And uh, recently we were doing an outreach in Airdrie, and uh, I thought we'd have maybe five or seven people come out to preach the gospel. And 19 people showed up. And so we went out to a local skate park, and there were some baseball diamonds and a playground. And it was just encouraging as we had so many different people show up. We had some people who were um, uh, immigrants from Pakistan, and we had a group that had actually come out of a Hutterite colony, and they've recently come to know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior, and they left that all behind. And uh, they've been working with us. And while we were at the skate park, there was a Sikh family. And sure enough, this Punjabi, these Punjabi young people could speak, uh, sorry, these, uh, these Pakistani young people could speak Punjabi. And so they were able to interpret and share the gospel with the Sikh family while we were there. And then our friends who were Hutterites, they were like, there's an old order Mennonite group that's playing volleyball here. And they said, we know who they are. And Daniel, who's, who's my friend, he said, I know that guy because he left the Hutterite order years ago. I think he's um, related to my grandfather. And so he went over to them and he was able to share with them about what Jesus had done in his life and how they had walked free from a spirit of religion into freedom in Christ. And so it was amazing just to see how God was opening doors for us to share the gospel with not just youth at a skate park, but families and different ones from different places. And it's something that God's doing all over the world right now. There is a profound move of the Holy Spirit. We heard about 40 kids that got saved here in Moose Jaw. I've just recently heard about 23 kids who responded to the Lord at Lucent Bible Camp, and that was with one of our ministries that was reaching out to them. We've been doing Street Invaders this summer, and there's been just countless stories and opportunities of praying with people on the streets as we've shared Jesus. People have been set free. They've experienced the Lord. We had a young guy. His name was Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel Sanchez from Regina has been working with us and directing the street invaders in Alberta. And he was with a group of kids in a mall, and they saw this young guy. And there was an urgency in their heart to go and talk to this guy. And he was about to get on a bus, so they kind of ran after him, and they just said, hey, um, we just wanted to talk to you and pray with you and just see how your day is going and what, what, what's happening right now. And the guy looked at them and he said, I was planning to go home to hang myself. He said, I just attempted suicide a few weeks ago. You know what? This team was able to introduce this guy to Jesus and they actually brought him back to Street Invaders at the downtown Calgary Full Gospel. And this guy got set free and filled up with the Holy Spirit, and God did something profound in his life. And so we have people who are out there, and God is using them. My parents just recently told me a story. They moved to Tabor, Alberta, just a uh, year and a half ago, or a year and three months ago, and they were going by this church. It's a Mennonite church, and every day they drove by that Mennonite church. They were praying for it. So my dad went and knocked on the door, and he said, can I talk to the pastor? And the guy said, oh, yeah, come in. He was very, very hospitable. And my dad said, I just wanted you to know we've just recently moved here and we've been praying for your church here for this last year. The guy said, oh, thank you. He said, I want to tell you something that's been happening. He said, we've begun teaching people to know salvation through Jesus' name by grace, through faith. And he said, there's just so many people who've been coming in. So my parents went to their Good Friday service, and there were 700 people in that church. Tabor's got 7,000 people, so 10% of the community was in just this one church alone. And my parents found out that during COVID that there was truck drivers who had been coming up from um, 
Mexico, Mennonite truck drivers, and they're getting saved, and they're praying together, and they're doing Bible study together, and they're sharing the gospel across this nation. My parents were like, it's unbelievable what God's doing. People, I want to encourage you. God wants to do something profound with the gospel today. He's doing it in this city. He's doing it all across this nation, and we all have a part to play. And it comes with simplicity. So these are our eight ministries. Handle with Cares in Edmonton. Inspire Our Nation is in Saskatoon. They're reaching to a lot of First Nations communities. They have fantastic connections. And they just actually, a young, young person gave their heart to the Lord on one of the reserves just a few weeks ago. Uh, equipping youth and children's workers. We're working with youth ministry leaders and children leaders, um, giving them some equipping essentials. So we have an online uh, program you can go through. We just charge $45 for a church and we'll let every person in the church that wants to access it can access it. And there's 10 sessions for youth workers and 10 sessions for children's workers. You can also just order that on your own if you want. Um, Love on Fire, I've been directing that for a number of years. We have some other leaders that are working with me on that. Young Women of Power is in Calgary. Uh, Inside is doing skate ministry in Calgary and area. Street Invaders, I think you're well familiar with. And then a new ministry we've had with us is called Scent Ministries. And they're particularly working with black communities, but they are doing a phenomenal job of preaching the gospel and equipping people. So I'm going to get into the word here, and I'd like to just take a second to pray. And, um, and uh, we'll go from there. Before I do that, though, because I can be forgetful, um, this is my lovely wife, Val. We've been together for 19 years. It'll be 20 years in April. And uh, she's going to be at the back. There's a table. We just have some, some uh, material. And so I just want to encourage you, if you would like that, you can grab that. I'm asking the ushers actually just to hand out some of our brochures right now. So if you want one, this is our latest newsletter. There's a few testimonies. And then there's just a little bit of information about some of our ministries and our summer ministry schedules here on the back. And so we have all those eight groups have busy schedules preaching the gospel this fall. We felt that God has challenged us to grow this ministry. And so this spring, we trained 200 youth in the Calgary area, and we reached over 1,000 people with the gospel. There was also a big event in Saskatoon and Inspire. They preached the gospel to over 700 kids And so there's been an amazing work that God's been doing with this, and it's a real privilege to be part of that. When you're at the back, we're going to ask you if you can consider three things. Um, If you would consider praying for us, we have a prayer magnet, and you can just grab that and put it on your fridge. And we, we just request that you guys would pray for us. Pray that the gospel would go out, that God would raise up laborers, and that this would continue in our nation. You know, I know there's a lot of intercessory movements and house of prayer, and can I just challenge you, if you're part of that, would you start praying for the youth of this nation? Particularly Quebec, but all of our big cities, there's a lot of barriers to the gospel. That's not impossible, but there are a lot of barriers. Would you start praying for the youth and that many would be saved? Also, if you do want to give to United, we have a number of ways you can give. You can e-transfer or you can get a package at the back that gives you an information about becoming a regular supporter. And so we invite you to do that. And there's a little form you can grab if you want to consider that and uh, envelope. And you can just look at that and then send the information back to us or talk to Val at the table. All right. Well, let's pray. 
Lord, we're excited as we hear about how the gospel is moving through our nation. Lord, would you do something incredible? Lord, not just in those places where there's great programs. Lord, programs don't save people, but your Holy Spirit does and the preaching of the word. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would use us, each one of us, to share the gospel, to share the stories of what you've done in our lives. Lord, that when we think about our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones, Lord, even people who've gone distant and cold from the Lord, would you work in us, Lord, that we would speak of you and your fame. Lord, that we would boldly proclaim the things that you have done for us. Lord, and as we speak of you, I pray that your Holy Spirit would ignite fresh fire in people. Lord, to believe that what you've done for me, you can do for them. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be unashamed of who you are, Jesus, what you've done in our lives, and we would share that boldly. And, Lord, that you would use that as a springboard to draw people to know Jesus. We ask this in your name. Amen. So today I'm speaking from Romans 1.16, and it's just a simple verse from the NLT. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. So... I am not ashamed. You know, often one of our greatest barriers to share the gospel with other people is that we can feel like we're fumbling over the right sequence or we might not get it right. And I just want to debunk that right now. You do not have to give the whole shebang. You might, in the course of a conversation with someone or in the course of a relationship with someone, you may give the whole shebang. But often people are like, oh, I don't have it memorized. And when I go, I'm, I get my words over, over top of each other and I, I'm not saying the right thing. You do not have to get the whole shebang right. We start by talking about Jesus. And when we start talking about Jesus, it opens a conversation or a series of conversations where we continue to give glory and honor to our Lord and Savior. And this is sharing the gospel. Now, we do need good preaching of the word. Don't get me wrong. We need that. But for us, as everyday believers, sharing the gospel is about sharing our story and who Jesus is to me. And when I start there, I can have tr confidence and trust that God will build on that peace, that others are going to come around, or the Lord will give me more opportunities to continue that conversation. So don't let your soteriology or lack thereof, which soteriology is the study of the gospel, don't let that get in the way. Actually, sometimes it has been getting in the way and it's prevented so many people from sharing Jesus with others. So what is your best story? I asked you today, many of you put up your hands, probably all of you did, about answers to prayer, healing, miracles, God's provision or his inter intervention or prevent, uh, protection, a transformation in your life. Or God's direct, um, his direction. Because sometimes there's people out there who go, I don't know what I should do or where I should go. We've got a young lady who's joined our ministry recently. And uh, she, last year, 
when we started preaching the gospel on a consistent basis in, in the Calgary area, we do that regularly in the summer, but we had felt a little, about 18 months ago, we felt we need to start preaching the gospel weekly in Calgary. And so it was still COVID, things were going on, people were wearing their masks, and you couldn't do it, you could do it outside, which is cold most of the time, or you could do it in big box stores and in the shopping malls. So there was a few of us who went out to big box stores and shopping malls, and we'd just go and talk to people, masks on, just be like, hey, we wanted to talk to you about Jesus. Is there anything we can pray for you? You know, and you'd think people would be like, get away from me. There are so many people who just wanted to talk and pray. They were just wide open. I remember I'm going to the mall, and I'm, I was running late the one day, and I'm I'm trying to catch up with our team, and someone like comes up and they start talking to me, and I'm like, I gotta go because I gotta go talk to people about Jesus. And I'm like, you know, the Lord's sending them right to us. Not everybody wanted to talk. Some people were resistant, some people were, were upset. But there were so many opportunities just to talk to people and share with them and pray with them. And so when you go out, what is your best story? What do you tell people about what God has done for you and in your life? Because that is your starting point in sharing the gospel. And how do you comfortably or naturally share that story? You know, so many people are like, oh, this is about testimony. I hate testimonies. People get up and they tell long, boring life stories. That's not a testimony. That's a long, boring life story. Okay, so let's not do that. But when we tell a story, it's a story. It's a snapshot from our life. And so maybe we can categorize it by a healing or a miracle or a specific answer to prayer. Something that takes like 30 seconds to two minutes to tell. And when we talk about that, this is now a starting point for a conversation. Some people will be like, well, that's too much for me. That's okay. That's not on you. That's on them. But we tell them who Jesus is and what he's done for me. And as we share that, God will take that and move. And how do you share when you sense it's highly important for the person you care about to hear? Okay, now this isn't the same, same thing as when your wise uncle or grandpa has a long-winded story for you about the past and there's a moral to it or a point. But it's kind of similar. It's just a little bit more polished, a little bit a little bit quicker put together so that people don't lose interest. And so when you share your story, tell them about what God has done. But keep in mind that there's moments you see people, friends, neighbors that you care about, and you're like, I need to tell them this story because God starts putting it on your heart. So you start praying, and you're like, I'm going to pray for an opportunity to share this story. And then a conversation happens, and supernaturally, God naturally opens a door for you to tell that story. Yes, God can supernaturally, naturally open a door for a good story. When we talk about Jesus, our job is to bear witness. His job is to convince or convict. So let go of that responsibility. Trust him to convince and convict. You bear witness to Jesus. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. How do you view the gospel? So is the gospel my golden ticket to heaven? Hell insurance is now paid. Go on living life. Woohoo! Or is the gospel something that gets into your heart 
and it transforms you day after day after day. Because when I stepped into the waters of baptism in obedience to Jesus, I was saying, I am not my own any longer. I have been bought with a price, and my life identifies with Jesus, so daily I will take up my cross and follow him. Daily I will put to death the works of the flesh. I'll let him put to death the works of the flesh, and I will come out of that water in newness of life, so every day I live not by my own strength, but by the grace of God. I live by the power of the Son of God who died for me and who is now alive and lives inside of me. So the gospel changes me day by day. And that transformation needs to have something a little bit public to it. We're publicly baptized. Are we publicly letting Jesus show up in our lives? I got really quiet in here. Now, there's introverts, there's extroverts. We don't have to all be, like, shouting it out. But we all have people we know and care about. We all have people we know who don't know Jesus. If you don't know people who don't know Jesus, go find some. It's really important. Are we spreaders of good news? And what is the good news about Jesus that you have experienced in your life? I want to tell you something a little bit about storytelling. Whenever we tell a story that includes God, we're telling his story. You know, sometimes people are like, oh, the word of God is infallible. Absolutely it is. But they're like, well, maybe what God did in my life is like suspect or sketchy. But it was the word of God that worked in you, was it not? So can that change? Can that fail? We fail, but can the word of God fail? Absolutely not. A friend of mine, Dawn Grayburn, who worked with us with Street Invaders for years, she said this. She said, God's words in my mouth are just as powerful as his words in his mouth. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound quite right. That sounds a little heretical. But God's words in my mouth are just as powerful as his words in his mouth because they're not my words. They're his. I'm not the messenger. Sorry, I'm not the voice. I am the messenger. I'm not the voice. I'm the messenger. So when I speak for Jesus, it's not me. Yes, of course, he's processing things in my heart and my brain. But it's his words that are powerful. So let them out. When we tell his story, it includes us telling our story because it's about how he changed us. And when we tell a story, it's powerful because it helps the hearer or the audience to imagine a scenario while they process a simple truth. And so it makes so much more sense. Storytelling is such a powerful way to explain Jesus to people because it makes sense. People don't have a theological basis to understand what you've done all that research in. That's for you. But when you talk to people who are unbelievers or people who are fresh or new in their faith, let's tell them the story and that God used that story to transform them. And the truth comes through. When we imagine a scenario, it helps us to give permission to ourselves to believe that this could be me in the story. 
or that this could happen for me. If God could do it for me, he can do it for you. And if God's doing it for you, he'll do it for someone else as well. When I read the word, I see that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. This opportunity is open to all, whoever would believe. And so when we share our story, we're giving opportunity for others to believe. I talked about this right at the beginning. We talked about types of testimony or story, an answered prayer or a miracle, God taking care of you or your family, where God gives you a clear direction or purpose, or where there's a transformation in your life. And every one of us has a transformation story. It may not be as dramatic. It may not be as salacious as someone who's come out of drug dealing or or from the streets. But every one of us has a transformation story. When I came here, I walked around your church a few times last night and this morning, and I've been praying for your church. And the thing that the Lord was speaking to me about this church is that there's a strength of kindness and friendship here. You know, the word talks about how it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And so as you share your story, Hillcrest, as you share your story of kindness to this community, may God give you the ability to talk of Jesus and may God use that kindness to draw people to himself. That's my prayer for you. That's my heart for you. And friendship. You know, the Bible talks about how there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus is that friend. But will we be Jesus to our friends and neighbors here in Hillcrest and in Saskatchewan? Will we be Jesus? Because if we will be that kind of friend, you can trust that God will use that kindness. God will use that friendship for his glory. And sometimes seeing people saved is the long game. It's not always street evangelism. It's not always power evangelism. Yes, God's power is at work in every type of evangelism. But sometimes it's the long game. And it's investing into friends and neighbors and loved ones and family members. And when the time is right, we share the words. And the time is far more right than we think, far more often. But we share the words, and so we ask the Lord to give us the words. And we trust him. When I was 16 years old, I was, uh, I was ahead in high school, and so I was in my graduating year. And I was... I had been planning to go into medicine. I'd been putting money into a RESP so that I could um, get my degree and then go into med school. And there was an unsettledness in my heart. And so I remember I began praying. And I began saying, Lord, I want to hear what you have for me. And we had an old prophet in our church. His name was Steve Nemeth. He was a missionary in India for many years. And he was very prophetic. Many people know him in ACOP circles. And he was preaching this Sunday And at the beginning of his service, he said, there are 10 people here who need to hear a word from the Lord. And he said, God's prepared to to deliver that word. And so at the end of the service, he called people to the the front. And so I came to the front, and my heart's pounding. And I I came and stood, was in Prince George, B.C. at the ACOP Church, but basically at about this point of the stage. And when he started to minister, 
he came over and he started at the person right next to me. And he went down the line. So I'm looking and I'm counting and I'm like, oh no, there's, there's 10 other people. I'm like, I'm the 11th one. I'm not going to get a word today. But you know, he came over there. One of the elders of the church had come and prayed with me. He came over there and he started to speak something prophetically into my life that I remember to this day. It was 29 years ago. And he said, God has called you to nurture and disciple and to train others. You know, and I've held on to those three words. About two weeks later, our, our youth was at a ski rally in another community, and I had been praying that God would break through with our youth. I was one of the, the young youth leaders. And God started doing some amazing things. And the speaker, his name was Tim LaRose. He was also an old ACOP guy in youth. He also just points at me and he says, you, he said, you are called to the ministry. He said, I don't normally do this. I don't interrupt things like this. But he said, you are called to the ministry. And I was thinking, I can't do that. I've got too many issues in my life. I can't, I can't be a spokesperson for Jesus. I hadn't been paying attention, but they had a poster on the back of the wall. And there was a picture of a lion and a lamb and the verse I think it's in Corinthians, but it said, my grace is enough for you because my power is made perfect in weakness. And so I'm up at the altar at the end of the sermon. I'm just saying, okay, Jesus, I'll, I'll go. I'll do what you asked me to do. I'll walk with you. I said, could you please confirm this word? Within 30 seconds, one of the intercessors from our church was like right on my shoulder. And she said, I just felt so strong from the Holy Spirit. I have to confirm this word. I have to confirm this word. You're called to the ministry. Some of you will have dramatic encounters with the Holy Spirit where he's going to say, I'm calling you to do something else. But don't let's get confused thinking that those are the ones who are special. They have a special job to do for sure. But every one of us has a story to share. And that story is precious to the Lord. And when we share it, he will change things. But if you do have that call, then you go after Jesus. Go after him with everything that you've got. Ten years later, I've been involved with youth ministry for quite a bit. Val and I were just, um, had just been newly married. We were pastoring a church up in northern Canada in a mining community. Things were changing economically like crazy at the time we moved into that community. And so our church was just a tiny group, a few handful of families. So the church could afford to pay us probably less than a third of a salary. And so we were like, we need a job so we can keep doing this ministry God's called us to. A friend of ours who had started coming to the church said, BC Ambulance needs people. And I said, well, I used to drive youth group buses. I have the license to drive an ambulance. So I went and met the paramedic chief, and he said, do you think your wife might be interested in a job too? They hired us both. They trained us. And so we ended up having an opportunity to minister to that community, not only through our church and youth, but also by being involved with, with the care of that community through BC Ambulance. You know, I had so many opportunities to pray for people who were patients. The Lord just opened up opportunity after opportunity to talk to people about Jesus. I saw miracles. I saw people healed in my ambulance. It was phenomenal. We got a page one day. The 
page was just going off and they said, everybody respond. And I'm like, well, what is going on? There must be a big accident or something. So we get down to the clinic. Val was on call. I was just happened to have my pager on. And uh, there's a lady and she stopped breathing. They have the bag valve mask on her. She's gone blue. Her heart's just barely beating, about 23 beats per minute. She's just circling the rim. She's, and as this is all happening, I can hear the doctor telling her husband, I need you to say, be prepared to say goodbye. I don't think she's going to make it. And the Holy Spirit said, Ben, would you pray for this lady? I said, I'm praying. He goes, out loud. And I'm like... <sighs> so I said to the nurse, can you take over? I said, I need to talk to the great physician. And she looked at me and she said, you do what you need to do. So I put my hand on this lady's shoulder. I didn't have any kind of great faith. I had a simple faith to be obedient. I put my hand on the shoulder and I just prayed that the Lord would touch her and that something would happen and that God would intervene. You know, God heard that prayer. He actually kind of set me up for that prayer. And all of a sudden, she just kind of went, and I'm like, what is going on? And they bundled her up quickly and put her in the ambulance. So Val was in the ambulance with this other lady from our church and they sent a doctor along as well. And so Val said that within a few minutes, they took out the intubation, everything. She was breathing on her own. She was conscious. And God stepped in, and he saved that lady's life. It wasn't expected. It wasn't what the outcome was meant to be, what we would see scientifically or medically. But God did something profound. You know what? And this wasn't faith for a miracle. This was faith of obedience. Just a simple faith that if I did what God asked me to do, then maybe God would do something. And he did. I think about Moses in the Bible. And he's got this staff that he does mighty miracles with. But I was thinking about this. He has this burning bush experience. And he's kind of arguing with God about, like, should I do this? Should I not? And God goes, what do you have in your hand? You know, and we talk about the staff of Moses. And we think about this anointed staff of leadership. It was a stick. It was a stick. It was a useful stick, but it was a stick. You know, God will take the simple things in our lives, and they might even be useful things, like a couple loaves and fishes, or a stick that's in our hand, or a tool, or who knows what it is. What's your opportunity that you have to serve other people, your fellow man? What could God take that's just commonplace and put his anointing on it so that it could change people's lives? Can we at least have faith for obedience so that we'll do the things that God asks us to do? Tell those stories, guys. Tell those stories. Because if you're faithful with the little things, God will give you more. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. It's not me. It's not my experiences or stories. Of course, God's using all of those things. But it's the message. It's this powerful message that's been given to us. 
And the gospel is the power of God. Did you know that the gospel is an anointed message? When you tell people about Jesus, that message is anointed. And the Holy Spirit will be at work as we share it. The gospel works to bring hearers to know Jesus. And it works when we step out in faith to share. You know, I was challenged that we needed to share the gospel. I'm not going to get into the politics of COVID. But I did know that there was something that wasn't right if we couldn't talk to people about Jesus. And so I was like, if we can't do it the way we normally do it, then let's just do it different. So we went out. There was just two of us. And I had another intern who was available, and so she came out with us. And we'd sometimes bring some of our kids from our discipleship community along. But this snowballed. This spring, we were out with groups sometimes of 50 at a time sharing the gospel. Sometimes people would just show up in big groups. Other times they were planned and prepared. But there's people who are hungry to tell people about what Jesus is doing. And there's people who are hungry to hear. One of the young ladies who just joined us recently, uh, two years ago, she was in the world. She had grown up in a church. It wasn't, she says it's not a church that preached the word very well. And so she went right into the world at the age of 12. And she got introduced to all kinds of stuff, spiritism, tarot cards, new age, immorality. This was going on from a very young age in her life. She was hanging out with some friends. At 3 in the morning, a couple knocked on the door of the house and said, we can smell gas. And they're like, that's weird. And they were like, eh, it's probably nothing. But this girl felt really strongly. She said, maybe we should just call the fire department. So the fire department came out, and they went around with their meters. And they said, I don't know how those people smelled gas. They said, the carbon monoxide is off the charts in your house, but there's no odor to carbon monoxide. But they said, we've got to ventilate this house, and you need to go now. And somehow God spared them. She's like, I don't know if that was angels or what happened. But when COVID hit and everything shut down and she lost her job, she's stuck at home in her apartment with her boyfriend, and she's just like, something's not right. And she started searching up conspiracy theories, and she started searching up stuff about the gospel and those two don't need to be mixed up. They don't. But she's searching up all this stuff on YouTube, and as she's searching up stuff about the gospel, she starts hearing about Jesus more and more. She literally came to Jesus through YouTube. And she asked if the Holy Spirit would come and fill her up, and he touched her, power, her, her body powerfully. She had this powerful encounter with God. And so she's continued to follow Jesus. She started sharing the gospel with us. She went to YWAM. She came back. She continued sharing. And God's using her profoundly as she talks about Jesus. The leader, the new leader of our evangelism group, he grew up in a homeschooling family, and they did house church. And you're thinking, how could you be any more insular than that? And I'm not knocking homeschooling or house church. I've done both myself. But he and his brother were like, we got to go share the gospel. They didn't even know how to do it, so they YouTubed it. <laughs> YouTube how to share the gospel. And they did. They were successful. If God can use YouTube, how much better and greater 
can God use human beings who've been touched by the power of God? Now, of course, there's people on YouTube who've been touched by the power of God. So that's what he's using. But how much better or greater if in person we're telling people about Jesus? And if we're like, I don't know how to get this right, you can YouTube it. And then talk to your pastor and be like, is this right? You know, but just get started. How are we going to reach 4 million youth in Canada with barriers to the gospel? This can be through huge amounts of relationships and networks and people sharing their story. In a world that says, tell your truth, let's get out and start telling the truth. Let's get out and start telling the truth. And they do not have the right to tell us that we have to shut up. There's no law. There's no law that prevents us from speaking of Jesus. And even if there were, Peter and John said, we must obey God and not man. And we will not shut up about Jesus. How the word of God spread quickly. This was not a formal preaching. But it was a general testimony to all with whom they came into contact. Now, typically in the book of Acts, you see the apostles getting up and they preached amazing sermons. They would have insight from the, whole, from the Old Testament. How it spoke, to, spoke of Jesus. But when Stephen was killed as a martyr, they were persecuted and they had to go all over the place. And something shifted in the church. Because even when bad things happened, these people started sharing about Jesus. And when it talks about how they shared their story or they shared the gospel, it wasn't now eloquent preaching, but it was the stories. And they shared it with everyone. And the gospel spread quickly. Can God do that in Canada? Can God do that in Canada? Do we have neighbors who need to hear our stories? There's so many people who believe. There's so many people who have encountered Jesus. And if we would share those stories, it will change things in our nation. Finally, I'm just going to read the verse again. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. In Psalm 126, it says, Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. I've asked if you would join us in praying for the lost youth of Canada. And let's pray for everyone who's lost in this nation. But would God do something in our hearts that we would pray with an intensity? Because God will hear and respond when we pray with sincerity. God is not deaf to our cries for our loved ones. I'm going to invite you to join me in prayer right now because I believe that we are in a, at a, a point in our nation where God wants the gospel to explode. There needs to be an explosion of the gospel. So would you join me in prayer as we wrap things up?
Holy Spirit, we ask that you would do something simple and unique and profound in our lives. Lord, we ask that each one of us, Lord, would have confidence and boldness to share the word of God. Lord, not that we have to be experts in this, but Lord, just the simplicity of who Jesus is and what he's done in our lives. Lord, that you would give us boldness, Lord, and courage to go and talk to our neighbors, to talk to co-workers, Lord, to talk to kids across the street, Lord, that we would share Jesus and that we would even point people to other people who would have a message for them. Lord, hear our prayer for our nation. Hear our prayer for our city. Hear our prayer for our provinces. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come and move in power. Lord, that as you have answered prayer in our lives, Lord, that you would begin to answer prayer in theirs. And Lord, that when they see that you're real, I pray, Lord, that you would open their heart to understand the truth of the gospel. And Lord, I thank you that that message is powerful and anointed. And so, Lord, I pray that you would you would. You would use me, pick me. I'm just going to ask you to do something a little bit different. I'm not going to call you to the front. But if in your heart you're going, God, would you pick me? Would you use me to share my story with others? I just want you to raise your hand just to the Lord right now and just say, Jesus, would you pick me? Would you use me to share my story? I will go. I will go with my story and trust you, Jesus, to do something with it. And so, Holy Spirit, would you empower each one of us to boldly share that story for your name's sake, for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray for our youth in this nation, in this city, in this province. Would you reach them, Jesus? Would you draw them to yourself and set them free? Touch them by your Holy Spirit and lead them to know you, Jesus, as Savior and Lord. We ask in your name. Thank you for having me today. We'd love to talk with you some more. Val and I will be at the back. Thank you, and um, we're going to close in worship.